This is a Capricorn FM podcast. This Women's Day, and it's one of the things that was important for us was to also highlight the issue of safety or the lack thereof when it comes to the lives of women in South Africa. Most times, even in our most vulnerable spaces or places we call home, you know, Chloe, we still find ourselves under massive threats and feelings yeah. of not being safe in our own home, yeah. in our own society, at the workplaces, you know, just to name a few. And in studio, we are joined by Usisi Immaculate Grindi, who wrote a book. And the book is titled In a Killer's Shadow. And in the book, she details her journey, right, of trying to build a relationship with a father who had previously committed a gruesome crime. And also on the book, she highlights about, you know, she talks about forgiveness, you know, forgiving someone you've seen as a monster for a very long time. And, uh, you know, her battles with depression and physical abuse in a romantic relationship. You know, literally, it's one of the best books um, I've read this year, and uh, I, I believe you're gonna you, you're gonna also want to get to grab a copy. Yeah, you know, I, Chloe was just reciting a, a, a paragraph earlier on. I was like, "What?" You wanted me to keep going. I wanted Chloe to literally keep on going. Keep I'm good so glad going. I could convert you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so immaculate. Welcome to the studio. It's really good to have you here. It's a pleasure to be sitting next to you, and uh, you know, to share your story with us. Thank you, and um, thank you for inviting me. Where does one even start with your story, Immaculate? It's a lot. I'm just like, you are such a tiny body. When someone sees you, they're like, you're such a tiny body. You've been through so much. Tell us about your book, In a Killer's Shadow. What is it about? Okay, In a Killer's Shadow is about letting go, finding peace. After um, when I was 16 years old in 1999, yeah. I, I, I went on to look for my father because of the circumstances back at home. Yeah. The, the poverty and everything that um, my mom could not provide at the time. Yeah. And I thought... Um, if my father was around, things could have been different. Mm. And also because I was still um, going to school at secondary or yes. what you call high school or middle school. Yeah. You know, learners are very brutal. Yeah. So very brutal. Mm. So you have a sense of uh, my dead days, my dead dad, my mom and dad. And you wonder, um, why is it that I don't have a normal parent or if, if, if you may call it a relationship where other kids are having that yeah. and that drove me to go and look for him because I longed for his love yeah. to start with and my surrounding because my mother also um, suffered from, from, from being in a village where your mom is not invited because she doesn't have a husband or mm. you don't have a man in the house. Mm. It also contributed and it, it drove me further and further to go and look for my dad. And unfortunately, when I found my dad, I found him in, in prison uh, in 1999. It was the 16th of June. I will never forget that day. Yeah. Um, and he had been convicted for murder and assent at the time. So how do you then how do you then navigate your are you 16 at this time? I'm 16 at the time. How do you then you know you know, I can't even imagine mm -hmm. what a 16 year old is going through at a time where you are trying to find your dad, you're trying to locate your identity and the first thing you find is that this person is incarcerated. How do you then handle that? Yo, I remember I broke down. Yeah. When it, firstly it was my first time inside being a facility mm. so you can just imagine the procedure that one had to had to go through which i detail in the book to say it is it, it was not friendly mm. and you are told that everyone that is in that particular facility is very dangerous yeah. in society yeah and i found him there and i could recognize him the funny part 
Um, yes, I could recognize my father, but he couldn't recognize yeah, me. The reason I recognized him is because he came into my life maybe four times. You know, as a child, you have that memory. Mm. So obviously for him, I'm a grown teenager mm. and I have changed a lot from a six-year-old that he left in the early 90s. Yes. So once he, he I went and besuked him, they used to call you the besuka at yeah. the time. Yeah. So I went there, I besuked him, and when they besook you, you 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 if if you, you have a planned schedule, um a planned visit, you will know. Mm. So it looked like that day he was not expecting any visitors. Okay. Because when we walked, it was a lo- it was a long corridor, a long passage. Yeah. Very shiny. Yeah. Very, very shiny. Yeah. And when they opened the butler gate, I looked and I saw my dad. And they're on a concrete um, chair. Yeah. He does what he does and he looks around to see... Who am I looking for? Who's besuking me now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I stood up and I cried. And it was actually screaming because I, I went to his direction. I said, Papa, Papa. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me. And I guess maybe he had then the reflection. Yeah. And he, he literally shed a tear and he hugged me. And in the midst of all those correctional service officers and other people that were coming to visit their own, and he said, I will never leave you, my baby. Oh. So from that moment, even though the circumstances were different, the fact that he did not reject me, the fact that I have this person that I've been longing for mm. welcoming me and say to me in front of other people, I will never ever leave me. Mm. And for the first time in my life, see my dad crying. And mm. since then, I have never seen him cry. Sure. Till let me, he passed on. Let me take you a little bit back as uh, Immaculate, you know, back to your childhood. What was the hardest part for you when it comes to, you know, being a woman, girl, with a father who was incarcerated? You know, all these different men are now coming and going out of your life and you're also trying to just be sane through all of that. You know, how, just, just take me back to those moments when you, when, when you were a young girl and the, the, the society, what were they saying? Do you, do you still recall, you know, what they were saying, how you felt? Um, the society that um, what I remember much, not for me per se, mm. but it was through my mom. Mm. I, I saw my mom's pain and and suffering. Yeah. I saw her making bricks for us to have a home. Mm. I I saw you know when you are raised by a single parent and you do not have any other sort of support from external or or people, yeah. it becomes different because at the time she believed that we were young we could not see Mm. but in fact i saw it and it affected me more than she could even imagine because this is the person that will go she will then go and buy water to make these bricks and then she will be told you have consumed too much water you Mm. stop here and now and just being feeling an outcast in surrounding or a village because yeah. you don't have a man yeah, mm. yeah. did your uh, mom sorry, sorry did your mom talk about about your dad more often in the house or do, or it was more of you guys asking questions did did he bring up him in in one of your conversations was there any discussion or conversation around your father not being there or around your father in general um i think it happened twice mm. um she was not comfortable and i guess it's because of her 
experiences and trying to protect us because she's from a marriage where she was not welcomed where she mm-hmm. was accused of killing the husband my mom was married at the age of 18 yeah. and the marriage lasted for about six months the husband died and she was then accused of bewitching the husband and killing the husband to a point sure. where she tells me that during the funeral one of the brothers of her husband wanted to throw him mm. throw her in the grave and then she was saved by um Mamaka which we are still related. Yeah. So she, she has always been victimized and every time I will ask her mom, papa okay and she say Bikanya Okorastenbeck that's his surname. Yeah. Say Okorastenbeck and Growing up in that generation then, we we're not really open as we are today. So we, th- there was this barrier of yes. talking about mama, papa, okay. And I, I just had to... You take the it. answer. You take the answer and yeah. you don't ask. So it sure. was a very difficult yeah, no. to navigate. Coming up next, Immaculate Trendy tells us why her father was incarcerated. And also not only did it affect her, but the future generations being her children. May this magic spread way beyond August. May you be reminded of your impact in society. Happy Women's Day from Capricorn FM, Limpopo's hottest frequency. We're in studio with Immaculate Trendy, who is the author of a book I have in my hands right now. It's called In a Killer's Shadow. What a powerful cover. And also, um, Immaculate, I just wanted us to start on page 89, right? where you detail the abuse that your mother went through it says mama told me that papa once wanted to kill her and me by making us inhale gas when he got angry he would assault mama and went to the extreme of trying to kill her is this now after or before he was incarcerated this was before though because my mom told me that it, i was less than a year so i was still yeah. an infant at the time mm. so this clearly shows that papa has always been this violent person yeah it it was just a question of it was a bomb Mm. waiting to explode it Mm. was just a question of when and who will be the victim that's how i i see it because of when i was doing around and going around and doing my research because i even went as far as getting other family members involved because i needed factuals yeah in this and who ended up being the victim of your father? <laughs> the victim of my father ended up being another woman okay. who was not... My dad was married okay. by the time when he committed the, the crime. Married to your mother? Not married to my mother, married to another woman. Okay, I'm, I'm confused. So your mom and your dad broke w- up? Broke up. When you were young? Yes. Your father went on to get married? Yes. And then he was having an affair? affair. With a woman who he eventually murdered. Yes. Sure. Because apparently... There's a reason. Apparently my dad built a house yeah. for this woman. And then when the woman first... The side chick. The side chick. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's more easy. The other woman or the side chick. When she thought that there was no love and affection anymore, I need to move on. And she gave Papa a red card. Yeah. To go and mingle with other kids. Yeah. Because she was no longer interested. Yeah. And then Papa felt entitled to this woman to say, 
I cannot be building a house for you and I have invested so much. I've taken, I literally raised your child yeah. because this woman um, had a child. Mm. So, Papa was not very happy. Mm. Then, the woman decided to move on with her life. Yeah. And this is where it gets very interesting because then Papa, in my presence, told Mama, because I used to visit Papa in... Prison. In prison, yeah, and then I will go with a then girlfriend sometimes, which is my mom mm. for moral support, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, I will pretend as if I'm not listening, but mm. I remember, um, he told Mama that this woman, um, wasted my money, uh, things that I could have done for you, meaning me. I'm not sure whether it's prison talking or it's from, from it's the regret. heart, yeah. yeah, it's regret, yeah, and then. He's then say, I killed her. I planned it because she went and it was when Bridge of Promise was still in place. And then she said Papa had promised to marry her. Then Papa decided to not marry her. It's, it's entanglement there and there. Yeah, but it's serious. But, but the bottom line is that um, the woman moved on yeah. and Papa believed that there's no way after investing so much and Papa then believed that the woman had hired people to kill him mm. because apparently the woman was involved with one of the taxi owners, owners. Yeah. And, and, and and Papa said um, he there was somebody who was killed because he was given this car that he used to use constantly to execute his duties Mm. Then that person thought that Papa at that time was driving that car and then the person was then killed with about three bullets. Yeah, sure. And then Papa said, no, but then it means it I have... hit for him. Yes. And then there was that. And yeah, then no. he then decided, you know what? I'm going to kill this woman because if I can't have her, no person will have her. So you can imagine the source of entitlement. At the time, Papa is still married. Yeah, imagine. Still having kids in that marriage. What? I'm still in existence somewhere in the northwest of Mafike. Sure. So and how he planned it is, 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 it shows the brutality. Yeah. Because he planned, he went to the house, he locked the door, he made sure that whoever was inside will not go out. Because that woman that day had a visitor, I guess it was a new boyfriend, and he said, I saw a Mercedes Benz. When the light switched off, I knew that that man was going to spend the night there. Oh in my, my house. He was talking her. Yeah, in my house that I have built, no way, no man is going to sleep oh, there. No. And then he went up the roof, he removed the tile to gain access inside the house. And then when he got there, he told the man, I have nothing to say to you because this is between me and my woman. Yeah. If sure. you don't leave now, these bullets will end in your head. Oh so the man then decided to go run out away. to run away. Mm, yeah. But then there's a child inside this house who's almost the same age as me at the time. I think he was also 16, 16 and below. And my dad, I, I, my dad said, in a, the son in an attempt to save her mother stepped. Him. him yeah i think he said somewhere on the shoulder mm. and then he told the son you get out because this is between me and your mom and then that's when 14 bullets um 14 14 he said he had an automatic rifle what what oh because my he goodness. my dad is a former police official before he was incarcerated so he did all these things when he was on duty so at the time um, it was under Buputaswana, the YBA. So yes. they will have a designated 
uh, filling station where, you know, the 20 liters were before, I think it was before the petrol cars were introduced and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So he then took 20 liter from work, pretending that it's for the vehicle that he was then using to execute his duties. Yeah. And then he, after shooting this lady, then he then burnt her mm. inside the house. And the child had run away. And the child had run away. I'm not sure what he said. But if you read the indictment, which I then included in this book at the mm-hmm. end, yeah. it, it shows a different version of what Papa told me. But again, this is what the state has had gathered at the time. And most of the people were then be going to be witnesses mm. uh, during the trial. Yeah. But Papa at the time told me that it was only him and the girlfriend at the time so but then when you check when you check the indictment by the state it says various people were in the house and they were going to testify against, against your dad Baba. yeah mm. you know um, I'm, I'm hearing you speak all about uh, the matters that your father committed um, I'm, I, I just want to find out from you guys the kind of conversations that you had with your father were they generally based on the things that he did and i'm sure it's because you're also asking questions you know the kind of relationship that you had with him because i'd like to assume that you did not have that uh, relationship with your father so what kind of relationship did you have with your father if you were to describe it was it more drawn on the matters that he committed or it was more about you guys having a relationship and uh, gradually it it, it, it it matured into now having that openness between the father and the daughter on the matters that he committed. You know, Lindy, you'll not believe this, that we had a beautiful, beautiful relationship. Mm. Because remember, this is the person that I'm trying to create a relationship while he's in prison. Mm. It, it was a beautiful relationship where he will write me letters oh. every single month. Some of the letters are included in this book. Yeah. If you check at the yes. back, mm. and he will even go and draw flowers for me, and what? he will constantly tell me how much he loves me. Mm. He will every weekend, because prisoners are allowed to make those ones that have already been convicted and sentenced, are allowed mm. to, at the time, they were allowed to make phone calls um, Saturday and Sunday and during public holidays. Mm. I will never ever miss a call. Mm. Because I they will then visit him mm. during Saturday. Mm. Sunday, 9 o'clock, we would have called. Did mm. you arrive safe, baby? Yeah. Take care. So when, you know, it was that relationship of a father caring for her daughter mm. and it, it went even it went beyond he will even ask about my fa- my, my my brother who's not his blood yeah. son and say how is your brother wandu okay how's mm. your mom doing mm. he was just the perfect father that will talk about bible mm. how would he want us to live a happy family and how he was willing i i know for a fact if you have read the book to the end it say i cannot wait to get out of prison baby yeah. so that i can give you the mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. that yeah. you deserve i want to know like you are a fully grown woman now mm-hmm. you were 16 you know 17 in your early adult stages at that time and the things you believed back then are possibly very different like you know there are a lot of layers that have been opened up to you since you've been doing the research about the book mm-hmm. and since you have had relations with your father even outside right i mean even um you know outside of being a teenager do you still believe him i don't know 
Hence, I'm saying in a kid's shadow, yeah. I have so many questions. And now as an adult, I'm, I'm even beginning to question certain things that he reassured me. Mm. Was it because he had no life had drastically changed for him yeah. and he had lost family and friends, probably the girlfriends. Yeah. And here there was this daughter who was willing to make everything work for them mm. because in every visit my dad will then request the Captain Dorigos there was this shop called Captain Dorigos and this is the person that had never cared for me or paid my school fees but mama had to find means for me to go and visit him it was money yeah. going there yeah. and on top of going there I will still have to provide him with a meal because at the time the prison food was not okay they would eat pap and beetroot and boiled egg yeah. so my visit at the time meant he had a break from yes. having prison food and at the time also remember it was when we were allowed to bring them food so i'll bring him what he will have for that time and also probably tomorrow before things change before they stopped um visitors bringing food so you wonder i'm still wondering whether it was genuine or what especially after the drama that unfolded when he was buried after he passed to say the family never really acknowledged me did he really really talk uh, talked about me did he speak about me did he really make efforts for his family to accept me you, yes. or or not because only his younger brother Rangwani Boni, mm. was the only person that constantly would check on me the mother the sisters the the aunties from his side wanted nothing, nothing to do with me so you wonder because every time when i visit him he'll say I'm working on the re on the relation between the two families. I want them. I want Maboni. That was his mother. He used to call him Maboni. I want Maboni to accept you, to love you and everything. But it never happened because though we, when we went there to bury him, we were told to go. Mm, sure. Did you ever feel safe around your father? I felt the safest. Mm. But if you ask me now, mm. I don't know whether it will, it was, it, it will still be the same. Yeah. Because every time when you get violated or few things happen, there are, right now, women are under siege. We are constantly looking over our shoulders mm. because of our safety. And I wonder because Papa was an abuser and it did not only start when he committed the actual crime. Mm. This was a person that was known to be violent. And I wonder if, he was still alive and probably got back with my mom. I don't know. Mm. Will we then be victims today? Because one will say, was he rehabilitated enough yeah. Yeah. in the facility or mm. it was the circumstances that forced him to yeah. to, to, to change? Sure. The Capricorn Drive, Lindy Wimanzini and Joe Talani holding things down for D on the Women's Day edition of the show. We are in studio with Immaculate Trindi, who is the author of In a Killer's Shadow, which is a book where she talks about her relations with her father, The Road to Forgiveness. We are in studio with Immaculate Trindi, the author of a book called In a Killer's Shadow. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, forgiveness and grieving. Uh, I, I mentioned that I can only imagine what you had to go through in your process of grieving for your father after he had passed. And also, while you're grieving for him, also grieving, I'd like to assume also you grieved for all the matters that he committed. And now in that very same process of grieving, you need now to start forgiving. And I just want you to just take me a little bit into in, to that process of your grieving, grieving for your father, 
and grieving for all the matters that he committed. And then now bring yourself together into a space of forgiveness. Yeah, Lindy, it, it was a very difficult um, period for me. You know, you are grieving and you are not allowed to be grieving the way that you, you wish to because of the rejection that you that I had received from the family during the funeral. And over and about that, I had my dad's cousin, Mulefi Guiganyo. He, he was there. I think he made the process easier for me to say, you, you are here, I'm here. Your dad asked, literally asked me to look for you while you were still studying in Pretoria. Um, he had entrusted me with your safety. Yeah. And, and things became easier because I then graduated after I completed my, 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 my tertiary education. And Mulefi drove Mama all the way to Pretoria, which is about 600 kilometers return, mm. and without even asking a cent. And during that grieving process or period, you then have this big kind of person who's holding you that you knew that your dad knew that with this person you are safe this is the person that just before my dad because my dad passed on on tuesday on saturday we were supposed to visit him in mangawu yeah. i was going with Munifi. so Munifi, if i, I if, if it wasn't for Munifi, probably i would have never known that my dad had passed on i would have never seen the call coming or the letter mm. and and he, he made the process a bit easier for me and you wonder because also during that period i also experienced my own abuse where my tertiary boyfriend wanted to throw me on a, we were on third floor i think we were staying on the third floor he wanted to throw me because i had called quiz with him and he said oh. he, he literally told me if i can't have you no man in this campus will have you yeah so in and after he tried that he attempted to kill himself so you having this to battle with the issue to say did I do something wrong? Mm. How is it me? Why is it that I could have been a victim of the very same crimes that my dad committed? So you start looking or looking for mistakes in you and mm. you're like, maybe I I pushed him. Maybe I sh- there are things that I have I done that I was not supposed to have done. Yeah. So there is a lot because... I'm not I don't have that self-awareness at the time mm. I'm just a little girl falling in love and whatever and but then there's a time where you say I need to claim my space yes. I need to reclaim myself I'm now self-aware mm. and if I don't do this it means I'm going to become another victim you think of all those women yes. that were killed or they were abused in the very same space and I'm like I need to stop this you talk a lot in the book about how um, the entire ordeal just affected you in terms of your relationship, right? And how um, you mostly internalized your mother's pain. Do you think, because now you are now in a society that shames people for having children by different fathers, and here you are with four children, four different fathers, and trying to navigate your own life and your own space, do you feel like your children personally have internalized your pain as much as you internalized your own mother's pain? Um, I'll say not yet because they're pretty young. Okay. My youngest is just 10, 3 years. Oh. So, so, so my oldest just turned 12. Yeah. So, so they, they probably they, they are not away. Yeah. Or maybe, but, but I, maybe with time because, so I will tell you, no one goes into a relationship for it to fail. Yes. Mm. 
I'll speak as a woman that when you get into any relationship, you want it to work. Yeah. And you give it all. Mm -hmm. But you cannot force to belong mm. when you really see that things are not working out. Yes. And those kids were made because there was, I assumed or I believed that there was love. Mm. And if I then see certain characteristics that I know that whether is 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 abused verbally, you you cannot stay in a relationship anymore. And my father's ordeal somehow made me not to trust men because I'm like, this is too good to be true. Yeah. Or growing up, if, if if a man wanted to do something for me, I would then say, but I can afford. Yeah. Because it then took me back to say, he's doing this. Tomorrow, you will then feel entitled to me and everything that the he did for me. The same way your father and did I think with the house. Ultimately, it ended me up being single and not being married because I was just questioning everything that was not even to be questioned because I was just very cautious. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, Sissy Makila, let me just take you back to when you were writing the book or thinking of writing the book. You know, writing can be a lot of things for a lot of people. And somewhere on your abstract in the book, you were speaking about previously being ashamed of your story. So you would write it down because you needed an outlet and then later on destroyed the pages. So tell me a little bit more about uh, the writing process. And, you know, when did you get to that space of maybe I need to start writing? Maybe I need to write about this uh, chapter of my life and make it a book. Who inspired it? It was the someone who gave you the pat on the back and said, I think you should write it or it was entirely uh, all you. Partially, it was all me, but I used to, I had this friend called Lucas Ledwaba. Mm. And I will share my experience. For some reasons, I felt comfortable sharing my, my probably because he's a writer or he, he writes much about this kind of stuff because he, at the time he was a journalist, practicing yeah. as a journalist. Yeah. And he said, why don't you put your emotions or everything in the book? I said, I have done so, but if there was one thing, Lindy, was I didn't want people to know that my dad was had committed this yes. and ultimately because if you check even the letters that I have attached to the book, they are they are not all because personal. after they're very personal, mm -hmm. but then there would be a time where he had wrote me something and because I was afraid that other people will see it, I'll then mm -hmm. destroy it. Mm -hmm. And when the idea said I said, I need to let go. I'm a mother now. I already had my four children. I said, I think it was 25, four years back. I said, I'm a mother now. I need to forgive myself. Mm. I need to forgive him. I need to undertake this journey of forgiveness. And I will never do that without the parties that are involved being part of this journey. And um, I went to Rustenburg where he comes from. I told the younger sister to say, I want, I want to heal mm. and I want to write a book. I also told my stepbrothers from the woman that my dad married I said I'll want your view or your experiences because I want to put my pain down yeah. I need to close this so that's how the process of writing this journey started because I wanted to heal I wanted to document everything mm. and be okay and let go mm. yo you know what I, I will always complain about time especially with today's uh, with today's show because I feel like there's just so much to unpack in terms of everything that we've done today. Now that your story is out there, whether you have been ashamed of it in the past or not, 
Now that your story is out there, you know, you are controlling the narrative. You are controlling the narrative of how you're forgiving your chi- how you're forgiving your childhood, you're forgiving your adulthood, and how you are navigating your relationships now. But what do what else do you want to do with this story? What I want to do with the story is, if if Immaculate was able to do this, I want to empower people, whether men or women, because the feedback that I got was very positive to say. I, I walk this journey and thank you for touching me. Yes. So what I want this story is that get healed, know that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. And because in the book I said I attempted to commit suicide three times and no person really noticed that. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying you you I want you to know that there are bigger things to live for. You are the only one person that can change yourself because you have the ability to do that. You are capable of being who you are. You are capable of becoming whatever that you want to. You are capable of anything. I'm capable of the woman that I am. I'm capable of raising those children as a mother alone, Mm -hmm. four of them. And I'm capable of giving them love and making that they get the teachings. I'm raising boy children. I, I, I have the ability to change and say, you don't do that to a woman. I do not want them to be taken from, or when they see one of my kids, I'm told my kids is an abuser. I want them or any person to learn that even if you are raised, even if the father figure was missing, you have bigger things to do and you can become a better father, a better parent, a better husband and a better partner in all of that. Mm. Thank you so much, Sister Immaculate, for sharing with us your story. Um, 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 what goes in my mind, I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, this woman is really strong. Yeah. You know, uh, checking all the things that you had to endure in the past, your childhood, and the woman that you're becoming right now, and that you're still becoming. You know, it, it really inspires us. It, it reminds us once more of uh, what an imbogoto you are. And thank you so much for highlighting the strength that you have, the strength that you carry. Uh, I believe that is also felt at home and uh, hopefully we'll, we will be rubbing on it as well to be brave uh, about our truth, to, to, to have the strength to put the foot uh, down when it need to be, to walk away when we have to, just like you walked away in that abusive relationship when you realize that, no, this is not for me. So let's hope that uh, also we will be, we, we, we are also encouraging other women out there to say, okay, enough is enough. I've endured the pain. It's time for me to walk out. It's, it's, it's time for me to forgive myself because uh, it's something that is very much important. It starts with us first before we can forgive the other person. So thank you so much, Immaculate. We really appreciate you taking this, taking the time to, to speak to us and, and encourage don't let us. anyone validate you. You, you must validate yourself before any other person or the society validates you mm. because that keeps us back. That's what kept me back because I was waiting to be validated yeah. until I discovered myself and say, it ends here. Sure. How do people follow your story? How do we follow you on social media just in case we want to maybe get the book, maybe mm. just get in touch with you because it's a relatable story. It's mm. not, you know, a one of a kind story. It's unfortunately something that most South African women can relate to. How do we follow you? Um, Facebook, I'm Immaculate Trindy, um, E, uh, Immaculate of E double M A C U L A T E. Trindy is C I N D I. Um, Twitter at Immaculate Trindy, Instagram Immaculate Trindy, and also they can just drop me, you know, 
my my digit is um I've, I've, I'm open now. I've been using this number for more than twenty years. I think. Okay. Yeah. Zero seven three two four six double zero two four zero seven three two four six double zero two four. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.